Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. There's nothing better than some community, and uh, we have enjoyed the community pubs. And the live version of the community pub happens at Mobile Tech Expo. Looking forward to the community pub night at Mobile Tech 2022. Sheldon, what can you tell us all about it? So that will be Friday the 28th. That's the opening day of the show for the trade show floor. Immediately following the close of the floor at 5 o'clock, we'll all exit. And right there, we will have some tables, some, you know, step and repeats, and of course, free beer. So we'll have many kegs uh, in 2020. We burned two kegs in like a whopping, you know, 12 minutes. So obviously you're going to order some more this time and hopefully we can uh, make that last a little bit longer, but we're going to try to have some, you know, fun games where it challenges you to go talk to someone that you might not know, maybe someone in a different industry and try to embrace that community feel and, you know, make some connections and hopefully, you know, make a connection that's going to make you some business down the road. So that's the whole goal here. We did hear out of 2020 that there was dent and detail people that linked up in cities and they actually shared business together afterwards. So it is a very vital uh, party in a sense, right? Come out, drink some beer, get to know some people and who knows what can happen when you're inside of community. So Sheldon, looking forward to it. That's Friday the 29th, correct? That's correct. Uh, No, the 28th, Friday the 28th immediately following the trade show and it'll be right outside the doors. You can't miss it. Uh, no need for drink tickets or anything. Just head on up to that bar that we'll have and there'll be a nice cold beer waiting for you. But they do need to register for the expo at mobiletechexpo.com. And if they want to save 15%, I mean, who doesn't want to save some money? <laughs> Use discount code PINTS so you can save 15% and then come yep, yep. get some free beer at the community event. Yep, yep, absolutely. Can't wait to see everybody there. Thanks, Sheldon. All right, cheers. Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall. I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. Joined today by Nick Walters. And uh, you can find us both at HyperClean Specialist on Facebook. You can go to Instagram at HyperClean Store or best way still get in touch, 918-800-1188. It's fun always seeing everybody's messages. Thanks for everybody that sent their beer and... uh, their pictures of their food for Thanksgiving. That was a lot of fun to see everybody, uh, you know, chiming into the community of, of what all they got to enjoy. Uh, listen, there's plenty of people that enjoyed almonds, Nick. Uh, I know a lot of jokes out there. A lot of turkey Uh, was eaten. I know, man. It's always uh, fun when, you know, things from the episode you get sent, you know, I got guys texting me and we have people DMing and, sharing it and you know what man that's that's why we're here you can laugh at us it's all right it's no big deal turkey still sucks you know what sucks and i'm not really wanting to drink another one of these is the sam adams holiday porter not a fan but i'm like fuck it it was in the beer fridge i gotta drink it uh we don't always drink beers we like uh this is i don't i'm not a porter fan i won't ask you if you are uh it just never that's a beer that just never that flavor never got with me brown eels anything like that just never, never really took with me. Not a fan. So I'm going to be choking this down uh, while we dive through the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let, let, let's go into buy sale. Cause this is going to be a fun one. This might take a little bit. Cause there's one that, that we're both going to sell. I think, I think we're both selling that dogs are humans. Oh, 
<laughs> so inside joke there's a funny thing between nick and i because we both have dogs and you get those messages from people that are inside your house of things going on with dogs and you're like yeah it's a fucking dog it will get into yeah. shit that's what it does 100 percent. there's there's nothing like the world right now when it comes to dogs right like especially look we're all lucky most of us that live in developed countries you know we're able to treat our animals well they live a nice life you, you try to treat them well i mean i got uh my female is enormous she's like 110 pounds but she never chews anything but she'll take stuff and like go and lay down with it but never chew it so in my house the big thing is is like well she took the babies this and she took this and she took that and i'm going so she doesn't chew it like, what is the big deal? Why are we having this conversation for the 500th time about some, you know, dumb dog that's done the same thing for the last four years? Yeah. Like, there's no, what? I'm not going to take the time to train it out of her. I'm not home most of the time anyway. I, she doesn't bother me. Like, this dog just sleeps most of the time. What is the big deal here? And it's just, look, man, there's something that goes on in households now around animals that is, you can't explain it. Listen, we're, we got to figure out how to not leave stuff out so the dog can get it. That's what we're going to work on when I get home tonight, <laughs> right? Okay, that's so. A, that's yeah, a big one. This is the, uh, this is the, the more of the fun part of what we're going to dive in. And I'm going to, I'll go out first on what I buy because I, I, dude, I'm so ready to buy it. I am ready to put it straight on my hip. And that's a holster for the Nokia 5120. I'm ready. I'm buying a Nokia 5120 holster and I'm sticking it right on my side of my hip. Just like we used to do back in the way I never did. Were you a holster guy? Yeah, I wasn't. No, I never, never. I never could get into it, but it was a thing. And so many people would always carry their holster and they got their phone right on the holster and they're ready to go. Yeah. Okay. Well, it started me wanting to buy this holster because I saw somebody using it and I just went, fuck yeah. I want to be that dude that's walking around the mall wearing a holster. <laughs> yes, I went to the mall. All right, so um, our thing, right? Uh, trying to figure out something to do with the kids this weekend, you know, and, and girlfriend goes, uh, let's take them to the mall and walk around. Oh, uh, no. Okay. Uh, sure. Let's do that. Give me that one second. Horrible. I've got to go smoke a lot so that I'll be in the <laughs> chilled out and peace of mind to just go walk around aimlessly staring at nothing that I'm not going to buy and just walk around looking at people. Right. Like, okay, cool. When eat, hung out, you know, I'll tell you right now, the malls have become very culturally diverse. You can see every different type of person. You can see so many. I was blown away. How many, and I get it. That's why people say, you know, uh, people watching and that like, wow, I haven't been to the mall in, I don't know. It, it's been a long time since I've been to the mall and I was, I was flabbergasted, right? You like that? Me and my, <laughs> <laughs> me, me and my new balances, right? Uh, we were flabbergasted, 100%. right? We, we had a good time looking at people. Right. But the guy with the Nokia 5120 slapped to the side of his holster, man, that, that one topped it off. I think, I think the biggest part though, for me in a serious note, which was kind of interesting, every single store was hiring. Oh, I mean, can you go anywhere without seeing that sign now? I'll, I'll tell you what's getting really aggressive here. 
the fast food joints used to have hiring. Now they got banners. <laughs> now they're, they got banners like on the road, like in front of their store, we're hiring. Like there is zero doubt. And I'm still confused where everyone is. Like, is anybody else confused? Like if all these jobs are open and everybody's leaving their job, you would assume they're taking another job. So why aren't jobs filled? Why is everyone still hiring? Because the story that I'm hearing is this company didn't treat me well. So I went to another company. Okay. Well, why is everyone still hiring though? Good companies, bad companies, every, I mean, Marty, we could hire right now. I have never, I've never, I should say this during the pandemic, I haven't talked to a single business owner that couldn't hire somebody right now. That is the weirdest thing. And you probably saw it at the mall that here are all these companies, every single one of them's hiring, every single one of them is paying above what they were paying a year ago. Everybody seems to be adjusting, but I can't ever get the answer of where, since this person left this job, they seemingly went and filled another job. But why is that other job still hiring if they seemingly went and filled that job? Mm -hmm. I, I just haven't gotten that answer yet. I don't, I don't know where they're going. They're definitely not going to the mall where, <laughs> where they could go get a job. No doubt about that. I, and when I say cultural diverse, let me explain that a little bit to you. Yeah, I don't necessarily mean as far as culture is in what the pre people are from, where they're from, or what they speak. It's more of the amount of styles, the amount of looks, the amount of things that people wear. Uh, could you believe, I couldn't, maybe you could. I've seen a little bit of like some of that 80s stuff coming back. Oh, it's back. Yeah, it's back, back. Hey, the mullet's back. The, the mullet's yeah, back, my yeah, man. The mullet's been back. Yep, yep. My nephew yeah, has a mullet. I mean, Listen, once I the mullet see. comes, hey, once the mullet is back, everything's back. Plain and simple. It was a bad haircut in the moment, and it's back now. You know everything's coming back. You know that, like, uh, there was that little bit of, I, I don't know if that was rap or R&B, that genre of uh, when they had all those flashy, like, they were lines, and they would put them on their, you know, it was almost like, yeah. and then there was that little yeah. bit where there was like, they were spraying, like throwing paint yeah. and stuff. And there yeah. was like these, these cool little artistry expressions on people's clothes. Do you remember that? Yeah, it's back. That, yeah. Yeah, that's back. back. Yeah. Eighties, late eighties, early nineties fashion is back. Like, you know, the only reason I know this is because the women that live in my house, I, I would not, I'm not the most fashionable person. My, my clothing looks pretty identical day to day. So yeah. I mean, I, I heard the same thing and then they would show me and I'm like, Oh my God. And then I, I you know, got a, a guy I know and he shows up with like a half mullet. I'm like, my man, what am I looking at? He goes, dude, the mullet's sweet. I go, wow. Where I grew up, the mullet was not sweet. And I lived in mullet land, you know, in the country. I was like, I literally said to him, he was clueless, but a lot of guys will remember what I'm talking about. I mean, how long before the rat tail comes back? Because that's the next step. They're equally bad haircuts and they just seem to be, I don't know, man. I, I mean, that rat tail's I, worse. It's like, a. It yeah, but I, if the mullet came back, I'll believe anything. You can tell me anything's back. I guess. All right. What are you buying or selling? Uh, I'm buying being able to relax as a business owner. I've told this story on this podcast before I've done a real 180 over the last 10 years of where I was my first five to seven years to where I'm at now, obviously with a, with a, a, a small daughter, it makes it, you know, you want to spend more time around the holidays, but you know, this is the time of year 
where I know not a lot of things are getting done. You can press your vendors, you can press your customers, you can press a lot of people, but if we're all being upfront with one another, not a lot happens from basically the Wednesday before Thanksgiving all the way through the second, third, fourth of January. And accepting that and enjoying my time away, I'm, I'm buying that. Again, I'm not a big fan of Thanksgiving food, even though we had good food. I just don't enjoy it. Like, it's a really weird thing. I, I want to enjoy it. But then I'm just kind of like halfway through the meal. And I'm like, uh, this is a lot of stuff I don't like. I don't feel very good after I eat. It's a weird thing that we put ourselves through. And I'm just like, Hey, kudos to the people that love this food, but it's just never, I'm going to tell you, I think we're doing prime rib at Christmas. That's going to be way more my speed, way more my speed, but uh, look, it was great just to hang out. You know, I think it's a maturity thing for me. A lot of people have this their whole adult life. I didn't, I sacrificed a lot of these types of things to make my business successful. So the last couple of years, being able to enjoy this time of year, and especially right now with a daughter who's starting to come of age and understand things that are going on. That's, that's what I'm buying. I mean, look, it's, that's what it's really about, but the food still is just not my thing. All right. So what, what do you like to do to get caught up on relaxing? Right. If you can't, cause right. You and I, this is what's funny. You guys, we chat about this and anybody that's listened to the podcast or watched over the years, I think they would know that you and I are pretty similar on this. And especially I, I for years didn't really take days off. Yeah. I mean, 100%. Almost what, maybe 362 days of the year I would work, you know, like now, does that mean you work a full day? No, but you know, are you always doing something to work? Yep. I, I have also tried to do the same thing, right? Uh, spend some time not doing. So for me, my thing for this weekend of what I wanted to do the most was lay on the couch and watch movies. Yeah. I haven't laid around and watched a movie in years. Now, I'll watch one here and there, just a quick one or something like that. But to actually do like, was that ever you back when you were in twenties or teenage? No, like my, my thing is I do like, so, I mean, it was pretty similar for me, just not the movies. You know, I watched a lot of sports. There were some fights I wanted to catch. There were some, some games I wanted to catch. Uh, you know, we had the baby running around, but it was just like, not a lot of plans. That's what relaxing looks like for me. I, this is why I really kind of hate vacations with people other than like the people that are immediate to me. I don't like people telling me I got to be somewhere. I, you know, I don't like I'm on vacation. I want to wake up when I wake up. I want to, that's vacation to me. So I, I think that's, that's kind of what sums up this, this past few days. I mean, obviously we had a great outpouring for black Friday and everybody took advantage of those sales. So you and I are still in contact but it was just a lot of kind of laying around chilling, you know, just trying to shut off, have a good time, you know, that kind of thing. I, I really didn't think about it much more than that. That's kind of like, you know, what I tried to do. My big black Friday purchase of this year, uh, was getting the paramount plus at one cent for two months. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, then you'll forget about it and it'll be fifty two dollars exactly, a month. Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. But hey, at least for two months I got it for a penny. Um, and so I caught up on a couple movies. One that I've always enjoyed is uh and because I was a Brad Pitt fan, I, I watched River Runs Through It. When I first saw that movie, I was like, 
wait, who is this? Like, I really like that character. I really enjoyed the movie. And I've watched him through, oh, I mean, come on, Fight Club. And then all those that he started coming out with. Uh, one that I always loved was World War Z. And if you look at World, I, I always mess it up, World War Z, and you look at the premise, it's not that far different than what Corona could have been, right? Like, there was so yeah. much leading up to the moment of Corona and once Corona happens and all that, everything, like, oh, shit, like, are we going to turn into zombies and start eating each other? You know, like, it's a really good movie. I, I don't know. That's the one. I think I guys are going to have a lot of questions that you like Brad Pitt, but I mean, we can just let that one slide and move on with the episode. You guys can go ahead and DM on that one. <laughs> I went ahead and said it from the first. I got, I got no, bring it. I'm a huge Brad Pitt fan. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the, the big though, you know, like you talked about a second ago about food. Uh, Listen, I had very, very, as you know, I had very, very high hopes for what Thanksgiving was going to be for two reasons. I didn't have to cook anything. And then you know what? When it was time for me to clear the dishes, I could just shove it off into, uh, into the trash and we don't have to worry, right? No worries. Yep. Everything's good. Well, I ended up shoving off about half my plate. Oh. Mm. And the best part of the meal was the turkey. The ham was, ham was way too salty. Like you it literally, yeah. I couldn't eat. It was too salty. Uh, the, the casseroles were just blah that I couldn't, I took like two bites of the stuffing casserole. It was gross. The green beans had all kinds of shit all over it. And then the uh, sweet potato was just, it was, they put way too much brown sugar and it was, I mean, it was, it was dessert, but that's not what I was trying to eat. It had all this crunchy shit on it. Like I wanted sweet potato. So yeah. yeah, bad deal for us. Girlfriend said afterwards, she was like, did you like that? And I was like, no, she goes, okay, I'll cook next year. I'm like, okay, I'll yeah. let you cook. No problem. And you'll, and you'll get bitched at. So it'll, it'll be like, you know, <laughs> cause every time people cook, they're really happy. So that'll be uh, that'll be a good moment in time for you. So here'd be my question. So you have this subpar experience, which happens even when you go out to eat regular, right? So you just, yeah. you got to, you got a bad caterer so you could learn from it and go to a nicer caterer or whatever and make adjustments like like adults do but my question is because you told me this over the weekend hey i had a bad experience did you go online and leave a review did you go online and bitch and moan about the caterer and they ruined your thanksgiving or did you just say i ah, win some lose some and uh you know kind of move on with your day well actually let me move the computer a little bit i'm going to take you outside i actually bought a billboard sitting right outside <laughs> I, I, I pay for a billboard to let everybody know how bad it was no yeah. i i mean i just i did what i said i did i, I threw the shit away and yeah. when it came time for everybody going hey do you want some do you want some you know like leftovers take home i was like nope yeah nope and we won't go back next year like that's just the way i deal with it but yeah you're right i mean it is crazy how many people will leave would go spend right because they got so mad i guess you know because technically, in a sense, they could have, in a sense-ish, ruined Thanksgiving meal, right? Because it wasn't yeah. very good. So yeah. there's plenty of people, you're right, there's plenty of people that would go right onto their website. Oh, don't get this. Or go onto their Facebook page. And, oh, no, you know, this, you know, I, shit, I could have, would have loved to have tell them, hey, listen, your, your ham was horribly salty. You, you, yeah. could, you could tie that down way back. But I... Yeah. I did not, man. I, I didn't. I just kind of dealt with it and threw the shit away. 
Yeah, I've actually, you know, and this just brings up an interesting topic. And the reason I joke about it is because we live in this culture where, you know, people go on and bitch and moan and, oh, I had this bad experience. I went to this restaurant. I had this bad thing. I had that bad thing. I went to the shoe store. They didn't treat me right. Or I got this lawn service and they, you know, uh, they didn't do this or they didn't do that. And funny thing is I've never left a review of anything. I just never have. It's never been something that entered into my mind. I, I just kind of looked at it and said, Hey, if I have a bad experience at that restaurant, I'm just not going to go back. Uh, I tip everybody 20% at the minimum and I'm going to move on with my life. And again, you know, you kind of said it earlier during another conversation we had off the air, you know, you win some, you lose some. And, and, you know, people that take it all more seriously than that, I think are sort of some of the problems in this business and consumer world uh, from time to time. But, you know, we see it all the time, Marty, there's an incredible value that a lot of men and women put on this review that somebody left online, it could be a comment they left on a Facebook page, or could be an actual, you know, two star review that they left. And they never put together that, hey, Marty, what if that person's not actually telling the truth? And you're reading this review and you're putting value in this review, but that person's actually not telling the truth. And I think that's the interesting part to start talking about the review process of businesses or products or, you know, think of friends or family that would spend that time. Do you really listen to them about what to buy anyway? Those aren't the people I never, I'd never listen to in my life. The ones that are always bitching and moaning about product. Do you ever read reviews? Like if you're going to go look at a product or look at, you never read reviews no, at all? I never do. Uh, because as a business owner, I realize the flaw of the review system. The, I can share a story. I, was, I invested some money in this business and we had, they dealt with the general public every day, hundreds and hundreds of people. Okay. And so one of the weirdest things about this is that for 10 years, as I, when I was just an investor, you know, watching this business is how much the consumer lied because we had the ultimate proof. The proof was we had videos that recorded the entire premises and it recorded the sound when somebody was having a conversation or the sound in the building. And so Somebody would go online and leave a really bad review. Oh, the manager said this, and the manager told me to F off, and the manager this, the manager that. And the greatest part is we could look up the customer's name because it's on the review, and we could look at when they came in the business. And we could look at the whole encounter. And I think it would shock people how many times those people, literally 100% of their review was not close to what took place in that conversation. And the weirdest part really was that we would forward this on to Yelp and Google and Facebook. And we would say, Hey, this person's lying. Here's the interaction word for word. You can see it yourself. It's a camera. It's a, it's an unbiased opinion. This is the exact interaction. And guess what would happen? Facebook, Yelp, Google, would say, yeah, we're not in the business of that. Their response would be, that's their account. They're allowed to say what they want to say. Immediately, I knew that it wasn't a review system. It was allowing this person to feel special on their account. Because if I censor somebody as a company, think about this. If I censor that person, 
they're less likely to use Facebook and Google and Yelp. And I need them on my platform bitching and moaning because every minute that they're on my platform is better for me. And so we had 100% proof that people were lying and it didn't matter. So very quickly, I learned that the review process wasn't a review process at all. It was just somebody going and, and airing whatever it is they wanted to say, regardless of what the truth was. And so I've never valued reviews since then. And, and I've never, I, I'll, I'll go leave a, a review on a positive experience very randomly. If there's like a, if there's something in assignment that says, God damn it, I just have to. Otherwise, it's probably only happened two or three times. I'm not a big review guy myself and similar experience, right? Owning the car wash. Uh, and this was 2006. So it was a bit before, right? This is still early into all that. Definitely way before Facebook. We had uh, MySpace, which was wonderful. Um, but uh, you, you just really, the, the only reviews were really Google um, and, uh, and, and Yelp, I think had start, if I, I think Yelp was starting to kind of bubble then. And, I don't, and, I don't and, remember. And Yelp became so crooked. I mean, you yeah. know, that story for any business owner. When, when they wanted to sell me, right. And they would not leave me alone about selling and selling and selling their spot, uh, and to get on their map and to get on that, like that's, yeah, that's when I just went, Hmm, something it is odd the way reviews work. Listen, we've had them experience of lying. We've, we've had them here with the, the product company that we have, right? It, it, when it was total oh, auto yeah. solutions, people that bought, I'm sorry, people that didn't even buy left reviews. And I guess that's why they started to do this. Like, uh, was it on the Amazon or whatever, like a guaranteed purchase? You oh, know, something where oh you that could, they verified that the person actually bought it. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. It does make sense because there was people that left reviews that, and we would have to, we did, we tried, we tried to get them to remove them or pull them down. It's like, listen, they didn't even buy product. We have no yeah, track record history that it actually it even purchased matter. anything. And they left us a bad review. Like how the hell it is that even possible? Yeah. And, and, and that's why, you know, so many guys, especially guys that they're getting their start or, you know, trying to understand this world uh, of, of what they should do as a detailer or, or what they should trust in the review of a product. I always say the same thing, man. It's all a risk. Buy the product, try it. If you don't like it, you don't buy it again. There's no reason to get caught up in all of the silliness that everybody's caught up in because the stuff, 99% of it's not true. It's somebody's perception. And if that person is not mentally stable, the perception is going to be nowhere near the reality anyway. I mean, we had so many things that we could prove over the years. This wasn't an actual review in this business that I'm talking about. doesn't matter. It's not the game. The game is somebody to go on there and, and spend time on the platform. And as long as they do that, they're going to get listened to. That's why Facebook and Instagram and all these things have a, have a, you know, I saw that Jack Dorsey has been pushed out at Twitter, the guy that founded Twitter. You know, this is what people don't realize, man. They're playing a game that there's no end to it's you being on their platform. So they're going to let you do everything short of things that are illegal to stay on that platform. And that's the game. And if that means you got to take my little business down or that person's little business down, they don't care. It's not their business. Their business is keeping you on their platform. And I don't think that's a recipe for people I want to listen to, to make decisions. Well, Hey, listen, uh, speaking of listening to is I got tagged in a post about a review. Mike Hine, uh, 
good man in the community. Love seeing oh, yeah. him on the pub. He, he reaches out to us on a regular basis. We, we like Mike. Mike tagged, a, a tagged me in a post that was a landscaper customer that left a review about a landscaping company. And uh, he wanted to know what me and another gentleman's thoughts were. And uh, it was interesting. I, I'm glad that he did. Uh, I, I questioned that sort of what you said. I, I gave two, two different, when they asked, you know, what my thoughts were, you know, I left two different theories that might happen. And the, the second theory was, Hey, listen, if you, <laughs> you look through what he's saying, you, you kind of start putting two and two together for those of us that have actually been in the trenches working with people and working inside detailing and, and, and getting our hands dirty inside of let's just say gosh car wash right like i know a lot of detailers hate on car washes but listen <laughs> having to work with customers 200 a day coming through your wash working with them on detailing work like you got to get into some nitty-gritty stuff with some customers suddenly their engine doesn't work suddenly these scratches appear suddenly you know suddenly there's all these problems that well they didn't yep. have when they left the wash but now they are online so you start to kind of figure things out a little bit. And so that was the way I looked at it too. It's my second thought was, Hey, this guy might, <laughs> this guy might've actually been one of those customers. that was just a, an upset, bad customer. And he's complaining that people won't answer his call. Well, how'd you get to that point to where somebody didn't answer your call? You had to have been pretty assholey. If somebody yeah. at the company's not going to answer your phone call, you know, that some of that tying back in, it's like, listen, <laughs> uh, not every customer is always right. I think it's something that you've said, which is a, an interesting theory. Yeah, there's a there's a 1980s and 90s. I call it the IBM theory, where these huge companies put this thing into the universe that the customer is always right. Well, I'm not always right. You're not always right. Nobody's always right. So it's a really silly, like corporate nonsense game that was played in the 80s 90s early 2000s and it still permeates our society our consumer society now is that somebody buys a one dollar cheeseburger they ask for no pickles there's pickles on it they're throwing the the, the cheeseburger at the staff not ever thinking that it's a one dollar cheeseburger like put it in perspective so people lose all perspective around you know what they're owed because they spent money with your business. And that's where all this comes from, right? Like you and I talk about this, like the customer isn't always right. I'm not always right. Sometimes our business makes a mistake. You got to let us rectify it. If you don't let us rectify it, that's more of a you problem, right? Like this is the kind of thing that you and I think about, but when these posts get shared, very few people have your response, which is here's a, here's a way to handle this situation in my first part of my post. But secondarily, what if this customer is online and not telling any part of the truth? What if they're just misremembering or making up a lot of this story? What's the value in this? And to me, there's not a lot of value. And I think you kind of said the same thing in this post is like, okay, so what? This person shared this and they, 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 it, everybody wants to believe they're doing a good service. But when you peel back the layers, there is no good service of these types of reviews. Because we have no way of knowing what the relationship with that landscaper and that customer really was. We have zero proof of anything. And we have no idea if this person, because they actually reference that they signed a contract. 
You remember that part of the post? And they weren't doing this and this. And every time I ask them a question, they say, that's not in the contract. That was a red flag to me as a business owner, because you know what that means? You had asked for so many extras that they finally had to look you in the eye and say, Mr. Smith, that's not in the contract. You, you got to really understand what we're here to do each and every week, just so we can have a better relationship. But you're asking me to do a lot of things that aren't in that contract and you're not paying for to, to kind of go the step further of what's actually being said there. You're asking me to do things I'm not being paid for. The way that customer heard it is every time I wanted something done, they said it wasn't in the contract. What I hear is you've asked for a lot of things that weren't in the scope of work you were paying for and you want stuff done for free. Let me tell you, I see that post a lot differently than most people that read it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely, I don't think uh, many people looked into it and you know, I, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't get my panties in a water over reviews. I no. you know, but no, but they can destroy someone's business. I mean, it's destroyed plenty of people's business. Three or four bad reviews for a guy just getting a start, it can ruin your business because there's gonna be people that go on the internet and look at reviews and go, Oh, well, you know, look at these reviews. And that's why I don't look at them. I, I'm an adult, I know how to pick a business that I want to walk into. It doesn't matter what it is. I don't have this problem in my life of understanding. What's something nice I'm trying to buy? Okay, these are the nice brands. I know I'm going to be in, in good hands with these brands. You know, I, I tell guys this all the time, man. If you're constantly having to fire the people to help you around your house, it's not a them problem. It's a you problem. You know, I got the same people working around my house for the last 10 years. Got the same people in my business the last 10 years. Got the same people. You and I deal with the same vendors day in and day out. Like that's what says a lot about you. And we have no way from an online review to know if that's the type of customer that's leaving the review or not. I know one thing. I don't leave reviews and my customers don't leave reviews. And I've said this on this podcast before. My business plan was to find customers that would never, ever leave a review because they met a certain criteria financially. They met a certain type of personality type that I jive with. And magically, my business was able to flourish with that simple of a, of a plan because I didn't want to compete in that business. I, I hate everything about the review world. So when you, when you dive through different stuff that people write, you know, uh, you kind of look into what they're doing and you're like, Hmm, sounds kind of buzzy. Uh, I really wonder <laughs> what's uh, under the surface of once somebody actually puts something out, you know, it is interesting the way people will just throw out buzzwords though. Oh yeah. Leadership and value you know, uh, culture and all these buzzwords. Right. And, and, you know, I know guys, I, I would have been confused, right. When I was getting my start and I, I was trying to figure out who to listen to, and I was trying to figure out how to navigate my way through this whole thing. You know, it's sort of like I said about IBM and the customer is always right. You know, how that permeated the culture of business. And it was a negative, by the way, not a positive, not even close to a positive. It was a horrible idea in the moment. It's a stupider idea now with time in between it. It's a bad idea. It's the same with this, with this PC buzzword business type stuff. You know, somebody goes and listens to a podcast and all of a sudden they're talking about leadership at every corner. 
they're talking about values at every corner. It's like, dude, some of this stuff is not about leadership and values. It's about this jerk is writing something that's not true on the internet. There is no leadership to fix that. Are you asking about the leadership in their house? No, you're talking about the leadership at the business level. Again, you have no idea if this person is telling the truth. So giving that buzzword advice that you see so many people give, again, where's the value in that? I don't see it. I see it as, again, as destructive as IBM and those companies saying the customer is always right. Stop with the buzzwords. Okay, stop saying blanket statements. We live in a much more nuanced world than being able to say, oh, customer's always right. You know, if it just comes down to leadership, that's not always true. A macro view of your business, leadership matters. Little tiny things in your business sometimes don't come down to leadership. It's just an awkward situation you have to navigate in the moment for five seconds. That's not always about some leadership conversation and the values of your company and it just doesn't play out that way. And, and I see that advice being given out on this post and others. And it's like, I don't understand how people don't see through it, but I also understand how they don't see through it. Right. Because it's, it's so much a part of the culture online now is just this buzzword mentality. I'm going to buzzword you to death. If I say these five things enough, it's like Beetlejuice is going to show up. You know what I'm saying? It's like a strangest, there's an, like an eighties and nineties uh, movie reference for you. So I don't know, Marty, it, it, it's also like, it's just not helpful to me. You know, it's not helpful for somebody to just keep saying the word entrepreneur. Look at how that's been devalued. You say stuff enough and it becomes irrelevant. Oh, entrepreneurship, Marty, entrepreneurship. Now they, they do a study, you know, they do studies of dating apps. And when women see entrepreneur in the profile, they swipe away from that person because it's, it's been devalued to a point that a guy sitting on his couch in his underwear can now write entrepreneur and think, yeah, I'm kind of working on something. So that makes me an entrepreneur. See how easy a word becomes devalued. You and I've joked about this a lot. And that, that's, that's the part I don't understand. I mean, the, the response to that post in particular, and just buzzword after buzzword in a paragraph, maybe somebody can explain it to me. I don't see the value in that. Yeah, but I mean, what's wrong with buzzwords? I mean, besides that, it's, you know, it's doesn't go below the surface of what's really going on. I mean, uh, you know, what, what's, what's the harm in somebody using a buzzword? Because you yourself have used the word leadership, right? I mean, uh, yeah. we, we've talked about value. So what's wrong yeah. with somebody using those words? Because if I use leadership at every turn, when it doesn't, doesn't apply just to sound smart, and to sound like I know what I'm talking about, the problem is going to be that sooner or later, leadership loses its value in our whole world. Again, I, I say it with entrepreneurship. I mean, within five years, that word became, you have no idea what to believe when somebody tells you they're an entrepreneur. It could be a true entrepreneur killing it, or it could be a guy sitting in his underwear on his couch all day doing nothing. But that word has been devalued. And again, Leadership is extremely important, but when I use it in every single time that an issue comes up and I just hammer that point, what value is it going to have at the end of the day? It's not going to have any value. And we can't devalue very valuable things by, by just 
spitting them out and vomiting at the mouth or, 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 or typing them on the keyboard at every sentence and, and act like we know what we're talking about because we listened to Joe Rogan experience when they had a, a leadership expert on. And that, that's the issue with it is that I don't want these things that are really important to understand become something that's just a substitute every time something's brought up. You know, here's a bad situation, leadership. Well, that's not always the case. There's a nuance to all of this. And when you don't have the nuance, the words just start to become meaningless. And I think that's what I see when people start this like PC buzzword business talk. And again, the customer's always right is a horrible phrase that was said repeatedly. That's now something that we're trying to unpack as a culture and get these entitled consumers to understand that we're all in this big relationship and business together. And it's never going to happen in my lifetime because that was 30 years of devaluing the customer acting like a responsible person as well as the business. See, we only put it on the business. And so look at how it's devalued that relationship over the years as you as a business owner would, would attest. Some customers just think they're entitled for you to kiss their ass and honor your sale that you weren't even running. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Days or two days later, you get a message, go, will you honor the sale that you're having now? The sale you weren't running. The sale you weren't uh, how do you honor something you weren't doing? Yeah. yeah, but again, that comes from a culture of somebody in that person's life. Hey, I'm always right. Customer's always right. Customer's always right. So if you don't think it holds value continuing to say something, it absolutely does. It creates behaviors. And when you're telling people that at every turn, it's their leadership that's responsible for everything in the world, that's not, that's not real. You can only lead little parts of your life and do the best you can in these little pockets. You can't, it's not every situation. Do you think it also undervalues like, and the, the practical, the real part about this, or the reason why I'm asking the, you know, for, for listeners that looking on how to respond to things or looking on how to, you know, or when they read somebody of how to, how to understand them or, you know, if, if people are constantly using buzzwords, is there, is there something about that type? I mean, what, yeah, what's your I thought mean, I, process? I, you, of... you and I have always joked about this. I look at somebody that speaks in these, what you would call platitudes, these everyday saying the same thing over and over again, no matter what the situation is, is that they're really good at corporate America. They're really good at the political game. They're really good at those types of things, but they aren't get stuff done type of people. And when you're in business for yourself, you have to be a get stuff done kind of person. So that corporate mentality, that, that repeating leadership as many times as you can in a sentence, hey man, when you're collecting a paycheck and that's, that's the way to kiss the boss's ass because he loves leadership books, play that game. But the most people that listen to us are, are get things done type of people. And that's the thing it screams to me is that it's, it's not somebody that values your time and your effort and, and doesn't want to have a nuanced conversation, wants to make everything real basic when it's not, and, and say the same five words over and over again. The way that I look at it is, that's just not a person that gets things done. And there's a place for those people. There's a cog in every corporate wheel that matters. And those people that are rah-rah and, and, and telling you the same platitudes all the time, they have a great life in corporate America. But if you're a get stuff done person, those people should rub you to no end because you know what the end is. It's nothing got done. Nothing got fixed. 
nothing got made better. And if you're really in business for yourself and you really care about your business, that's what you have to be worried about. I mean, we know lots of people that have been in jobs for several years that speak this way that can't point to a single thing they've accomplished. I mean, you and I know people personally in that situation. So again, I think that's what sums it up for me on those and those instances is just, it just, those people don't get things done. And I don't, I don't really want to make time for that. Yeah. I, I'm with you. It, interesting buzzword that uh, seems to be thrown around, like you said, leadership. And, and we talked about, I know you've been very hard. Uh, well, hard's the wrong word. Uh, you've been very uh, open with your thought process on the leadership or lack thereof of leadership that happened inside of the auto industry with the chip shortages. There's two yep. buzzwords around that leadership and yep. shortage, right? Like shortages now, which I buzz it, right? It's shortage is a buzzword yeah. for me. No doubt. Like yeah. I, I throw out shortage all the time. It's, it's easy, right? Throughout yep. shortage, it covers a lot, right? Like yep. It's cool. So one shortage that has dramatically been affected everybody is like you said the chip shortage is right is that what's causing because over the groups and i think the biggest the the the, the biggest post and the biggest thing that's coming out right now inside of groups and what detailers are starting to realize and it's cool it's the kind of the the car guy detailers which i've yeah. openly said it not really me uh, i enjoy cars you know and i I can share yeah. some stories about some stuff, but there's, there's definitely some car geek type people more, maybe like you. Right. And yeah. they have now started to put out. It is interesting. Will the Dodge Hellcat, is it because of the shortages? I don't know. What is your take? Because suddenly now we're going to have a shortage of Dodge Hellcats and they're going to not be a purring kitty anymore. They're going to yeah. be run on a battery. Yeah, they're uh, the Hellcats going away, right? I mean, oh. that's 2023, right? Is that the, the the final year of production? Look, a lot of people will say a lot of things, but here's the truth. The EPA is driving a lot of this decision-making because you got to meet certain miles per gallon milestones as a brand as a whole. So if I have five car lines or I have 100 cars I make, EPA is like, Hey man, great. Make all the cars you want, make all the Hellcats you want, but you better get on average 27 miles to the gallon or 23 miles to the gallon as a brand. And when you start having trucks, you know, Dodge TR, uh, Dodge uh, TRX is a perfect example of this, that it gets about eight miles to the gallon. Uh, that hurts your brand. And then when you go to the Hellcat and you, you say, cause the joke used to be, let's put a Hellcat in a minivan. Like, let's just go full, you know, that was Dodge's motto, right? We're just going to put a Hellcat engine in everything. We're going to put a big engine, a big Hemi in everything. And everybody responds to the brand because of that. And it's going to be interesting to see how many people give you a theory, but this has all everything to do with, they need to start meeting some EPA standards. And if they don't, they're going to be heard as a brand from the federal government. And this is sort of what people need to realize, man. Chip shortage is affecting a lot. But the EPA, they'll basically tell you what you're going to build and what you're not going to build, and you better figure it out. Yeah. I, you ever been a Dodge? Are you a Dodge fan? Because like you yeah, said. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, like I, I like, you know, I, you know, I'm not one of those Mopar or no car guys. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's a different crowd. But look, man, I, I think Dodge, 
you know, they have a, a real place in American car culture right now that the other brands don't. They're building big engine cars. They're building a lot of them. I mean, you can get a Dodge Durango with a Hellcat engine in it. You can get, you know, uh, obviously they're part of Jeep. You can get a Jeep with an SRT engine in it, a big, big, huge engine in it. I mean, as a brand, and now you can get a Jeep Wrangler with a 392 engine in it. That's, that's their newest release as a brand, you know, Jeep Chrysler Dodge. So I think what people misunderstand sometimes about Dodge is it really speaks to that type of person that just says, you know what, I don't care if it's 10 miles a gallon. I don't want to buy a Tesla or an EV. I want what I grew up with. And Dodge really fills that void. It's going to be interesting to I see what happens. We, we call that around here, uh, small dick syndrome. Oh yeah. <laughs> so if you like fast cars, you got, you got, a, you got a small one. Yeah, there, there is a lot of, I mean, there's different parts of the country that don't like Dodge. I mean, I, I know that for a fact there's, there's, you know, I don't know. I, I don't have any kind of loyalty like that. I just like whatever looks cool, whatever's the best, whatever, you know, I just like the cool shit. So, but yeah, you know, you and I've had this conversation before. There's people that are really anti-Dodge, you know, Dodge has a lot of anti, yeah, I don't, the way I look at it is the Dodge TRX. We had one of the first ones in Vegas. It's sweet. I mean, it's a cool truck. It's massive. It's fast as hell. To me, it speaks to me more than the Ford Raptor. The Ford Raptor kind of has that grocery getter mentality because um, it's just a little too polished um, out of the factory, and it doesn't really do everything people think it think it does. And so, I don't think it's worth the money. But you know, I'm not I'm not loyal to it. But I I liked what Dodge was doing because they just said, "Screw it, we're going to build big fast cars." Yeah. And, and I mostly meaning, and this is what people that know me have always said, like, I've, I've never really liked Dodge and people are like, would you drive a Jeep? I'm like, ah, it ain't the same. And I'm like, yeah, it's the same. Like, nah, cause like the people that die, that drive Dodge trucks, like there's just something about at least here, there's just something about people that drive Dodge trucks. Now, granted, it could be that I have something specifically against Dodge truck owners because my uh, ex-father-in-law was a, a, a Dodge truck driver. Yeah, right? like, yeah look, that'll, that'll turn you off real <laughs> That'll quick. turn you off in a minute. Yeah, you know, like, yeah that, that's that's more of a bias rather than, you know, anything. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean. Well, I just, it, there's it, some, it, there was something I always, like, anybody that I met that was a Dodge truck owner, right? Like, they took the Dodge Kool-Aid and they just, they double-fisted it and gurgled it. And they couldn't drive yeah. any other truck. And I, yeah, I just I never thing. understood. Yeah, it is. It is yeah. a very weird but, thing. But that's what it's always been a, weird to me with the Ford, Chevy, Dodge. I mean, look, I just want to buy buy the best truck at the time. You know, what everybody who follows cars should realize is there's going to be times where Ford is struggling and Chevy's not, and they got the coolest truck. So buy it. You know, there's going to be times. I mean, nobody thought Toyota Tundra would make this make it this long. Their new release that they just unveiled is going to get a lot of buzz. I don't care what the buy. If it's cool, I'm getting good bang for my buck. I enjoy the, the the truck. What do I care? But look, man, the one thing that 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 goes on in the Midwest and the South that doesn't really happen on the West Coast, there's a huge truck culture here in Vegas. Tons of trucks. I don't hear Ford, Chevy, Dodge conversations. Maybe I'm not in that community real tight, but I got a bunch of buddies that own trucks. It's like they buy the nicest one they can afford. So it's, it really is a Midwest and South thing where I think that takes place. Yeah. And 
you're probably right. You're probably right. And I, it is mostly just me of, you know, looking at certain people that own, you know, dodges and I, I get it. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. I'll tell you this though, my brother-in-law, uh, which is my sister's husband. So not, not anything, you know, my, my sister's husband bought a, uh, a, a new Dodge truck. They're and, nice. Oh, they, they're nice. They are. They're nice. The, I mean, that middle console is crazy. It is it's nice. The, the crazy part though, is the 30 miles to a gallon in a truck. Yeah. I mean, the stuff that they're doing now, and I don't know if he's got the eco diesel or yep. what, I mean, that's, yep. that's, that's what he's got. That's a crazy engine and it's crazy what you can get, what you can pull, how much to hold. There's no doubt that car and truck technology, especially truck technology has come light years in my my whole life. I mean, trucks were just never thought of this way when we were kids. They were they were throwaway, farm trucks, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Trucks are full-on luxury now. It doesn't speak to me. I don't know why anybody that doesn't need a truck would drive one because I own a ton of trucks and I hate driving around in them, but I have equipment in the back and there's a reason for me to have a truck. But I got a, I mean, I got a friend that has a dually that literally doesn't haul anything. <laughs> like it's just because it's luxurious. I'm like there's so many other cool things you could have purchased. Like it just doesn't speak to me. They ride poorly compared to other vehicles. Like buy a Dodge Durango with a Hellcat engine in it. It'd be funner, more fun than this truck. Like it'd be more comfortable. It'd be everything. But you know, some people are just into it. You mentioned that Dodge Durango before. Like when they came out with that, it was unique, but I just never enjoyed the body style, right? I think that's why I've never been a huge Dodge fan is I've never liked the way they did their, their body lines and the way that their vehicles look. It just, it didn't take. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, taste is, is much different than, than anything else, right? Like you're just going to have to buy what you like. There's certain people that are Ford people. They hate Chevy and they have reasonable, they'll tell you reasonable things like, Hey, don't like the plastic they use. Uh, I don't like the vinyl that, that, you know, this is the one thing people didn't realize. People would always tell me Chevy has such nice interiors. And I'd be like, uh, they were the first people to use vinyl on the seats. I don't think you know what you're talking about. Like I had guys in my life, they'd be like, Oh, Chevy interiors are so much. I'm like, dude, do you see all the wrinkling on the seat? You know, you on the bolster. I'd be like, uh, that's cause it's vinyl and it's trash. Everybody else was still using full leather at the time. Like, there's all these things that if you actually know what you're talking about, there's all these, and you know, I'm in like holiday season now. So I'm going to be going to things where everybody's going to know that I work on cars and then they start to talk cars with me. And it's like the most painful situation for me. I'm a car nerd. I know all these behind the scenes things because I read everything and I work on cars for a living. And then I got some joker at a holiday party, like, Hey, you know, I just got this new Porsche and I'm like, Oh yeah, I got a special interior. I'm like, Oh really paint a sample. They're like, no, I went to the deal. I'm like, Oh my God, dude. It just, I had to bite my tongue the whole time. It's horrible. <laughs> so we have a, we have a holiday party coming up this coming weekend. It's a pajama party. So one of my buddies that he owns, uh, it's called cure for the world. It's, it's actually pretty cool. He, he sets up clinics all across the world and helps people, you know, good for him and it's it's yeah. cool I, we've been at dinner and he's he's remote uh chiming in with people and they've got like sores all over them they're in different parts of the world and you know he helps them which good for is, him it is right like doctor good job man way to go so i'm got to be decked out in some type of pajama costume and we're gonna go eat fancy hors d'oeuvres and drink fancy beer out of a 
Dixie cup, probably, you know, like (laughs) 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 let's be real. It's still Tulsa, Oklahoma. (laughs) Hey, as long as it's fun, who cares? I agree. I agree. So I got that first holiday party and uh, hopefully there'll be many more to come. Uh, I will not be drinking the holiday Porter from Sam Adams, even if it is there and it's not in a solo cup. Uh, I will not drink this, even though it is roasted and robust. Listen, it's just not my type of type of beer, but hopefully we'll have some good beers there. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll get to see you in a Halloween. I mean, a, a, a Christmas costume. Christmas. Maybe are you going <laughs> to, are you going to be Santa this year for your little daughter? Uh, I don't know. We, I, I never say never. But, uh, you know, we might go visit Santa. I don't even know if you could oh. do that with coronavirus. Who knows if they go on that. Well, yeah. give us a good ho, ho, ho one day, and uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to see how you're working on it. <laughs> Have All a good right, week, Nick. Talk to you soon, man. Have a great day. Hey, this is Marshall, and if you got anything out of the episode, listen, a lot of fun. Please go share it uh, if you want to in a group because we'll, we'll leave this uh, here in the HyperClean store page on Facebook or go leave us a review, right? Go, go into Spotify or wherever you listen to it. Leave us a review. Really appreciate it. Hope you have a great day. Ooh. 